Welcome to Get Right for Sunday, a podcast designed to help you prepare for Sunday and beyond. I am Pastor Wright, and each week I have a conversation exploring the Bible readings for this upcoming Sunday. Join us as we discuss how the lessons are applied to our daily life in Christ. Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. I am Pastor Wright, and today we're going to look at the gospel reading for the sixth Sunday after Pentecost. And this is the well-known story of Jesus continuing to travel after telling the parable of the Good Samaritan and the sending and returning of the 72 disciples. He enters the home of Mary and Martha, or Martha and Mary. And you have Martha running around trying to get everything ready for Jesus, being a really good hostess. Uh, She is recognizing the uh, need and the law of hospitality. She is there to serve her guest, to provide and make sure not only that he feels at home, but that he is being served and being welcomed in their home. And then her younger sister decides to sit at Jesus' feet and do nothing to help him, help her older sister Martha. And I'm pretty sure that this is an ongoing thing. I don't know if Mary has made a habit of not helping Martha in the household chores or or whatever. But we see that Martha is finally fed up and calls Jesus into this little minor family feud and really says, Jesus, do do you see what's going on? Do you see that my sister is not obeying the laws of hospitality? She's not helping. And and Jesus makes this really great statement uh, talking about how she and what is taking place. And he simply says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So right here, I would like to, I cannot imagine how, frustrated Martha is. She knows that Jesus is a good moral teacher, a good guy who is preaching the gospel, who's healing people, and she calls upon him for help. She calls upon him to help her get her sister in line and he takes her side. He doesn't help Martha. And you know this just infuriates her. And I don't think that Mary is sitting at the feet and turns around with a smile and says something like, see, I told you, or or anything like that. I think Martha, and it's not just I think, she is caught up in what she's supposed to be doing. She is going through the right motions. She's doing the right things. Jesus in no way says, Martha, you're doing the wrong things. You're doing everything bad. Stop it. But he redirects her efforts. He points her into the direction that she needs to be going, what she needs to be looking at. And it's not that the rules and the laws of hospitality are thrown out because Jesus is there. 
there's a difference to what's happening in this situation. When Jesus shows up, he comes to do something very specific. He comes to serve. He comes to deliver the things of heaven, the gifts of heaven, the wondrous, glorious gifts that have been promised and that can only come from God himself. Martha has taken it upon herself to serve Jesus. She is going to make everything right. She's going to make everything perfect. She's going to do what needs to be done to make Jesus feel at home. And we need to remember this. And I really like the the imagery or the idea that when we approach worship, and especially when we worship God, we don't come to him first. We do not come to Jesus and say, look what we're doing. We don't invoke Jesus. We don't bribe Jesus. We don't wish for Jesus. We don't do anything to God, but we receive. God acts first. We have an instance in this, We have Jesus in the upper room right before the Last Supper, and he washes the disciples' feet. And you'll remember that washing people's feet, you gave that to the lowliest servant. That wasn't for the guest or the the host to do. That wasn't for the king of all creation to do. But yet Jesus does this very humbling work in washing the disciples' dirty feet. And you have Peter, who doesn't want Jesus, his teacher, his friend, his Lord, to wash his feet and says, no, I should wash your feet. No, you can't do this. This is not good. And Jesus says, no, this is good, and I should do it. And Peter even goes on to the point of, well, if you're to wash my feet, Watch, wash my whole body. All this points out that Jesus has come to make us clean. Jesus has come to do what needs to be done for us. And what we do is receive this work, receive this gift. The very word of God has come to Martha and Mary. And the word of God is preaching to Mary and Martha. And it's not that I don't think that Martha wasn't hearing the teachings of Jesus She was busy doing other things. She was busy working on other things. Was her full attention on Jesus? Probably not. I'm pretty sure she heard some nuggets. I'm pretty sure she was doing the dutiful things and and preparing food in, in the house. But her attention was not on who was there. She was trying to serve the one who has come to serve her. And with that, Jesus corrects her. He admonishes her. But he does this gently. And he points out that Mary has chosen the good portion. And of course, this good portion is the Word of God, receiving the Word of God, letting the Word of God act and do as it promises. That is forgiveness. That is making alive. That is bringing the glory of God. That is the righteousness. That is all of God's work. And this is a really humbling statement and experience that Jesus brings to our attention, especially as we live out our faith. When we look at our faith and the life 
that we are to live in Christ? Do we actively work to serve God? And what I mean by that is, do we look at, I read my Bible X amount of hours or X amount of pages, I do my devotion, I go to church, I make sure that I tithe, I make sure that I say a nice thing, I make sure I don't break the commandments, I do, I don't, I do these things all for what I think God wants me to do. Notice in all these actions, they can be done by anybody. In fact, they can be done by unbelievers. You do not need faith to do these works. And what Jesus points out in pointing out that Mary has chosen the good portion she has come to receive. It seems that she understands the very word of God has come to her house, and she wants to receive his teachings. And by doing this, she stops all things to pay attention and to receive. And this is what the divine service is all about. When you walk into the doors of the church and you hear the invocation, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. This is a statement that all the work that is about to take place comes from God himself. And we are not only to receive this, but we are to respond to it. We respond in praise, thanksgiving, prayer, and various sacrifices. And when we have these great things given to us by God— it's always for his service to us. That's why it's called the divine service. He gives us his word for life. He gives us his word for forgiveness. He gives us his word for the fulfillment of all that he promises to do. And so we are to sit at the feet of Jesus. We are to sit and receive. Now, I also want to be very, very clear. This doesn't mean that we quit our jobs. This doesn't mean that we leave our houses. This doesn't mean that we sit on the couch and listen to the Bible read to us or watch live stream. This is all about living an active faith in the participation of what Jesus does. And what does Jesus do? He lives a truly sacrificial life. He gives everything and all for you. He spills his holy, innocent blood to cover you, to make you righteous. And you, because you have been baptized into Christ, now live that out. You get to be little Christs to all the people in your world. And you get to do this because you have received this gift. This isn't busy work. This isn't God giving you a checklist. This isn't the parable of the Good Samaritan when he says, go and do likewise. We don't now run around searching for people who have been robbed or people we can help or the nice old lady that needs to be walked across the street. We don't do this just to fulfill a check mark, to say, look, God, I did something good. We do all of this because it's who and what we are in Christ. We are the ones who get to love one another. We get to love those in the world, showing forth a reflection of who Jesus is, the great Redeemer, 
the forgiver, the one who has justified us so that we get to stand righteous and holy before our Father in heaven. And this is just amazing because, again, I really, really understand Martha's place, especially as a pastor. When preparing the service, I think of all the things that need to be done. I need to make sure that all the readings are right. I need to make sure that the ushers know that we're having communion or not having communion, how it needs to be done, all these things. And it's really, really easy to get caught up in all the details. And it's like the cliche, you lose the forest through the trees. You get so myopic in your view that you forget what's happening. And now the divine service becomes a performance. It becomes this thing that you do, that you make sure that you're standing in the right place, that you're saying the right things. And it's all just now a performance, void of faith, void of the deep symbolic meaning and real meaning and the acts of God taking place through the very word, through the pastor. And again, this is very humbling because it's so easy to be caught up being busy. In fact, if you read uh, leadership books, it talks about are you doing busy work or are you doing important work? And the difference is that you can be busy and you can do a lot of busy work, but is it important work? And we need to make sure that when we hear the word of God, when we hear the preaching and proclamation of those very gifts of life and salvation and forgiveness and the promise of forevermore in Christ, are we heeding that call? And it's a call to repentance. It's turning away from the busyness of our life, looking at not only the material things, but the things that actually get in the way of our faith, get in the way of our relationship and life in Christ. This is this harkens back to another parable that Jesus tells, the parable of the sower, with all the seed being thrown out in the various soils. When the good soil receives the seed, we hear that it will not be taken away. But we need to remember that we can lose our faith. We can lose our hope. We can lose all this because what happens if the soil around us changes? What if that we are actually in shallow or rocky soil and the root of faith is not that deep and the world and all the distractions snatch it away because the devil places all these things to distract us, to make us busy, to make us think that we're doing all these great things and it appeases God. All the things that need to appease God have already happened, and they happened in Christ Jesus, living the perfect life for you, dying your death, breaking your tomb, and taking away hell from you. If we have all these things given to us, we truly do get to rejoice. We truly do get to look at all the 
things in our life. Let them be challenges. Let them be heartaches and tribulations. And we get to see them as the things of this life that our Lord will see us through, that will make us stronger, that will bring us closer to Him, because we have to trust Him to carry us through the heartache, the tribulation, the, the pains and the hurts of this life. And even when things are great and wonderful, guess who we get to trust to continue and to provide and to help us make the good choices, the good decisions, living in faith? Of course, we're going to turn back to God. God, bless me in these gifts of wealth, of intelligence, of this or that. Let me use them to your glory, that others may see your love in and through whatever I'm doing. This is the great promise of the life that we have in Christ. And in this event that our, our Lord shares with us through St. Luke, we also need to remember the purpose of the Gospel of St. Luke. He's writing to Theophilus, who is most likely already a believer, asking questions. And you have St. Luke saying, this is the Christ. This is what he has done. And this event that Luke records is all about the reminding of what we get to do in this life. We get to receive Christ because he comes to us in the midst of the depth of our sin and the depths of our death. And what does he do? He just doesn't shine a light on the gospel and say, oop, here you go, I found it. I hope it works out for you, and I hope you make it to heaven. No, he takes on your life so that you get to receive that good portion, and you get to hold on to it. For even your faith is a work of God, the Holy Ghost, so that you will cling to this promise, that you will know that you have the sure and certain hope of the resurrection, that you know that this portion is not just a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling. It's the assurance of life everlasting. So when we look at our lives, and it's not to pit Martha against Mary or Mary against Martha. There are things you need to do in this life. These are the vocations. Are you a father? Are you a mother? Are you a husband? Are you a wife? Are you an employer, an employee? Whatever you are, you have work to do. And you get to do this in service, knowing that as you work, as you do the things of life, homework, paying the bills, the chores at home, you are serving your neighbor. You are providing and helping and participating in this life as you participate in the life of Christ, listening to his gifts, listening to his promise, listening to his word, so that not only you grow in faith, but you grow in him. And because you grow in him, others will see this. And because others will see this, they will be drawn to this gift, this hope, this promise, this peace that you live out. And you get to say, that you know the truth and the love of Christ and that others can because you sat at the feet of Jesus and received the glorious word and promise of life everlasting.
Thank you for listening to Get Right for Sunday. I know that your time is valuable, and of all the things that you could have watched or listened to, you have chosen to deepen your biblical understanding with Get Right for Sunday. Would you take a moment to give a five-star rating of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform? This actually helps others to be able to find Get Right for Sunday. Again, thank you for your time, your prayers, and support.